0: Hi, everybody. This is Tony Kahn, the producer and director of Morning Stories from WGBH in Boston. Carol Henderson is a writer and a writing teacher and the mother of two daughters. One of her favorite warm-up exercises for her memoir class that she teaches is to ask her students to think of a family photograph. Choose one person in it and write down what they have to say to you. The amazing thing, as she keeps learning, is that people in our lives always have something new to report and that the conversation about what it means to be a family can continue and deepen till the day you die. We call her morning story, Malcolm.
1: My parents loved home improvement projects. On Saturday morning, let's regrout the bathroom. Let's paint. Let's go to the lumber yard. Oh, there was always all this doing and doing and doing. We even did work when we stayed in people's summer houses. We used to go to this camp kind of place up in the Adirondacks. I can remember we would do things like reweb the lawn furniture—those things that have that like plastic webbing—or maybe it was canvas back then. I remember weeding brick patio at somebody's house and just oh, just hating all that. I said, maybe they like all this mossy stuff between the bricks. Maybe they like their old broken-down chairs. But no, we we always uh, worked, worked, worked very hard. Anything to avoid listening to those voices in our heads. I could imagine my father bemoaning the fact that he never finished his dissertation, always in jobs that weren't satisfying enough. Why hadn't he become the architect? He always wanted to be. And then my mother would be saying, "Um, why the hell hasn't he made enough money so we could pay somebody to be doing this? We always moved because my dad would, change jobs or lose jobs or something would happen and she would have a lot of social concerns. I remember when we moved to Princeton, New Jersey when I was seven, she painted the front hall inside and set out a little antique table with a silver tray for calling cards so that when the neighbors came, we would look as though we had a house. If something ever bad happened to people, what my family did was you don't ever reach out, squeeze somebody's hand, look them in the eye. I'm just so sorry. We just couldn't do that. Everybody just, everything disappears. When our son Malcolm was three days old, my whole world just fell apart. This problem showed up in his heart. When you get into that um, medical world, it's all about how do we, we've got got to cure it. Maybe there was some little thing they could try or see what had gone wrong with the first repair. I mean, there's just always this, we gotta save, save, save. But they were brave enough to come see him in the hospital. That was something. Intensive care unit, how terrifying it was. How incredibly hard that had been for them. Almost more than they could bear. Take their shoes off and wear these masks and put these things on. And I I just wanted to curl up in a ball and just die for them. I remember my father broke down um, in front of one of the doctors. And was ashamed. Just sort of held his hand and said, That's okay. People cry a lot around here. It's really okay. I knew it was hopeless. Why didn't we just take Malcolm home and let him die in our arms instead of dying in surgery? And I didn't even have the wits about me to have this time together and make the most of it. I just didn't know any better. I did what I could do at the time. Now, when I go to see them, my parents, they live in this retirement community, and when I go up to see my mother, there's a lot of, you know, bathing her and um, you know, helping her clean herself up. I mean, we all we're all born, we all die. Who's to say that it's any less valuable to help an old person who doesn't even know you anymore, who happens to be your mother? Why is that less valuable than helping a child grow up? I'm in relationship with Malcolm all the time when I'm working with people. All of the work that I do, all of the, the writing and the coaxing and trying to help people access what it is that they want to do with their writing, all of that is connected to Malcolm. I can say to him, I'm so sorry what had to happen to you, but what a catalyst you are. You see the power that you have in this world, even though you're not of it the way we are. Yeah. Hmm. The relationship remains and changes and grows as you change and grow. You bring those people or that person along with you. We leave each other behind, but in some way, we are always still at each other's side.
0: That was Carol Henderson with today's Morning Story, Malcolm. I'm here with Gary Mott.
2: A child dies in infancy. You don't have the opportunity to develop sort of parent-child relationship is that easier than at
0: age five, age ten? We can't figure out the meaning of our own life necessarily, but what Carol is saying to me is that the meaning of other people's lives is what you make of them.
2: I take out of that story the opening sequence about work that resonated. Yeah, because I worked as a kid. Uh huh. I washed the car. Yeah. Every Saturday. Now we lived in Texas. It never rained. Uh It never snowed. Uh The car was never dirty. (laughs) So what was the dirt
0: you were cleaning off
2: every week? I think it was dust. (laughs) No, I meant in a more metaphorical sense. (laughs) You're
0: not going to get away that easy, Gary Mott. (laughs) Uh, hmm, Interesting. Um, We've been getting some wonderful mail, as always. We got a really nice telephone answering machine message the other day from one of our listeners and one of our storytellers, Ginny Mazer. Ginny, you may remember, told the story, Losing My Hearing, and also asked us if we might be able to come up with transcripts for our show, which we've now been able to do. This is what she had to say.
3: Tony, I just wanted to say hello and let you know how much I appreciate the morning story transcripts. I just got a new computer and rigged it up with a listening system directly to my hearing aids." Um, so I combine listening to the the broadcast along with reading the transcript at the same time, which I didn't realize you could do, and I love it. I'm really um, savoring all those stories. They're just amazing because they're all so different and unique and wonderful, and they wouldn't happen without you there. I hope you're doing well, and I think of you very often. And just wanted to say how much it means to me to be able to tune in visually and auditorily (laughs) what's left of that it's a huge difference thanks again Bye-bye.
0: I'm not the only person responsible for making those transcripts happen, believe me. There were the transcribers themselves. What an amazing project they got going, and one that goes on and on. Another one of our storytellers is Bonnie Lee. She's told us a number of stories about her adventures uh, translating from Chinese to English in different parts of the world. Bonnie, hi, how are you? It's Tony.
3: Oh, I'm good.
0: How are things in Xi'an?
3: So far, so good.
0: You just got there? Yeah. Where from?
3: United States, North Carolina.
0: North Carolina?
3: Yeah. I work a translator for a Chinese company there.
0: You never called.
3: I was planning to call. So? (laughs) (laughs) Actually, in North Carolina, I also did a volunteer job. I went to WNC.
1: <laughs> oh,
0: one of I, our public radio stations?
3: Right. They need a volunteer just to pick the phone from the people who want to make contribution. I told them I am from China. I, I listened to American public radio, so I want to do something for the radio station. But um, uh, I cannot uh, spell people's names. <laughs> I
0: just spell their and, names, uh, yes, yes. So
3: I was horrified. Sometimes the phone runs. I just uh, jump... <laughs> oh, <fine>. <laughs> <laughs> what I did is not perfect
0: We have learned new listeners have been finding morning stories And more than half come from guess where China? China
3: I understand that Most young people in China are open-minded now They want to learn more new things from outside of China Chinese radio is too commercial Too much advertisements, And very awful shows there Morning Stories is totally, totally different.
0: You know, unless we can raise money, we will have to end Morning Stories in another six podcasts.
3: I cannot believe that. What a shame. People really need that. I got an idea. Come to China. Morning Stories are perfect, not only for young people, even for the older people. Even people don't know anything about English if they, they read them. Chinese one they get inspired.
0: Morning stories in Chinese.
3: Right, right. Why not to try?
0: And you could help us with that?
3: Definitely.
0: If you were to send us a translation mm-hmm. into Chinese of a story, morning story that you wanted to work on, maybe we could take that to a publisher here in the United States. And...
3: Oh, it's brilliant. I, I can do that. I can. I really want to. I can do the translation I send back to you. (laughs) I will pick one.
2: In fact, Bonnie did send a translation of
0: My Little Purple Stapler. Go to My Little Purple Stapler, which is in the archive, and we will have Bonnie's Chinese a translation attached to that. Those of you who speak Chinese, check them out, or if you have any other languages you'd like to bring to bear. Or any corrections. In fact, we keep on getting wonderful suggestions from our listeners to help us out. I'd like to read one of them. This comes from Liz Cooksey, whom you probably already know as the head of our transcription project and a great advisor for how we can keep this show going. She writes, "Tony." It strikes me that you might do something like this. At the end of this and every other podcast, have someone, if you're too shy yourself, come on with a brief message, something like this. And I quote, If this story moved you in any way, we hope they move you to contribute something to keep Morning Stories alive. Go to your computer. Check out our website at
2: wgbh.org slash
0: morningstories. she even wrote in a part for you. And send us
2: a few dollars right now before daily life can distract you. We have two links in the upper right-hand corner of our homepage,
0: wgbh.org slash morningstories. Give to Morning Stories, Liz, I think I overcame my shyness. <laughs> Please, folks, contribute whatever you can, $5, $10, $15, $25, $50. We really need it so that we can keep Morning Stories coming to you and keep our website thriving past the end of August. And we'll see you next podcast. Take care.